Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the best of the best announced for this year's NFL Pro Bowl, the NBA working on an in-season tournament, ringing in the new year with some major college football bowl games. The semifinals for the college football playoffs are finally here. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be back here in Delaware, Ohio. Uh, rainy night here tonight, but uh, better snow, I guess. Um, yeah, like Colton said, we're going to go over. Uh, we're not going to, I don't think we're going to do the whole roster uh, for the uh, Pro Bowls on the AFC, NFC. Maybe just some surprises and uh, some snubs, maybe that we thought got in or shouldn't have got in. But, uh, Colton, I'll let you get us started. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think for me the the big I guess surprise there, and and it's kind of a surprise slash snub at the at the same time. And that's for me on the on the NFC side. We'll we'll start with the with the NFC, and then you know work our way over to kind of the AFC. But uh, yeah, I think for me that the big surprise was was Kyler Murray getting there in that that third spot um, on the on the NFC QB roster. Obviously, you know Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. I think both both that was a given. both both deserving there in the in the QB spot. But that that third spot, I think, was you know could have could have gone to somebody somebody else. And to me, that somebody else was was Matthew Stafford, in, in my opinion. So the surprise the surprise was Kyler Murray getting it, and I guess the the snub is then you know Matthew Stafford missing out on it. And right. you know the, you know so far through the year, um, he has his highest passer rating of his career. And he has the highest passer rating of all time in the NFL for a QB in his first year with with a brand new team. So, um, you know, and, he, and he's got you know over a thousand more yards and fifteen more touchdowns than than Kyler Murray does. And somehow, you know, Kyler snuck snuck in there. Um, you know, and and not and not only that, but you know, the Rams beat the Cardinals the other night, and and you know, Stafford kind of outdueled Murray in yeah. that in that game, and he now. Did. The Rams, the Rams are, you know, kind of leading that division and kind of taking over in the in the NFC West. So, you know, for for me, I think, yeah, it's uh, just kind of strange, you know, how the how the people picked or how the media picked uh, picked mm-hmm. this one because, you know, I thought thought Matthew Stafford was a little bit more uh, deserving um, okay. for that third QB spot. Uh, you know, I kind of wonder if a lot of that comes from the fact that where would Arizona be without Kyler Murray? Where would where would the Rams be without Matthew Stafford? You know, had the Rams kept. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah. Would they still be as good as they are right now? I don't In know. All likelihood, yeah. probably. Would, yeah. Without Kyler Murray, are, are are the Cardinals as good as they are right now? It, it may not be. You know, right. Murray, Murray's been in the talk all year long for the MVP race, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's part of the reason why because he's really done a lot for that team. Yeah. So I mean, that 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 could be a, a little bit on why he got the nod here. Mm-hmm. But but I do agree. A, a thousand more passing yards, fifteen more passing touchdowns. That, and, that, and he's played he's played a few more games. I mean, if you yeah. if you look at it, Kyler Murray was out, you know, for a handful of games with a, with an injury. Um, and so I mean, obviously the stats, you know, Stafford's going to have more right. stats. He played more games, but yeah. you know, I, I think that you know has to play a little bit into it as well. Is that uh-huh. you know, Stafford's been able to stay healthy and play you know play more games and contribute more to his team's success than right. you know with Murray being out. So mm-hmm. you know, kind of a kind of a surprise for me, but you know, obviously. I don't, I don't, you know, get to get to pick, but you know, that, that for me kind of stands out on the NFC side there. So right, well, Dad, what about you? I got a, my snub and kind of surprise, kind of same thing Colton did is in the NFC in the wide receiver rank. Okay. Um, they got, uh, Chris Godwin, I thought should have been in there in the wide receiver ranks. I know he got hurt a week ago, but you know, up to that point he had 98 receptions, 1100, over 1100 yards and five touchdowns. And they put in, uh, uh, Samuels from uh, the 49ers and only has 70 receptions, 733 yards, and six TDs. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to me, that's kind of you know the the snub and surprise there in the NFC. I don't, you know, Godwin, you know, and they the game he didn't play, you know, when he got hurt in, they wound up losing, and uh, now they did come back. The Buccaneers did come back and win last week, but. Uh, you know, he was. This will be third year in a row that he would have went over a hundred receiving 
uh, you know, over a hundred receptions and, um, you know, before he got injured. So I don't, yeah, to me, I, that was, that was a big, step. I mean, I wonder if they took into account, you know, Godwin did get hurt and is done, you know, for the remainder of the, of the year. I, I wonder if they, you know, took that into consideration. No, no, he wasn't no, going anyway. to play anyways. You know, do you give a yeah. spot to a guy that, you know, is not going to be, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they, how they kind of, you know, play that, right. but. I would have to, you know, say that that may or may not, you know, have played a little bit of a factor. But you know, I, I, w- I hope that's not what they do because a lot of these players have incentives in their contract that right. if you get selected to the Pro Bowl, yeah, you're in- getting some injured money, or so, not, yeah, yeah injured so or if, not. If you deserve it, they, I would hope they put you in right. just on deserving yeah. basis, and not that you may not be available. Absolutely. Right. Well, yeah, I got uh, got one more, you know, snub there for for the NFC, and that's in the uh, in the running back side, and another Tampa Bay Buccaneer that that's not, you know, wasn't selected, and that's. Uh, you know, running back Leonard Leonard Fournette. Yeah, he um, was on my list too. You know, the the running back you know group there on the NFC side, Dalvin Cook, James Conner, and then you know the surprise for me was was Alvin Kamara there in the in the third spot. Um, and I, I thought you know Leonard Fournette you know should have been there. Um, he has more rushing yards, more yards per carry, more receiving yards, and touchdowns than than Alvin Kamara. Um, he's been hurt since when? Uh, Camara was he he's back now, um, but he was out he was out a few games himself, um, you know, COVID stuff and I think some injury related things as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously Fournette's you know went went down and you know he's not expected to be out for the rest of the year, but you know probably out until the regular season's wrapped up. But you know I just think yeah he's he's got more you know pretty much every statistical category that you measure a running back on, he, he, you know, has more than, you know, Alvin Kamara. So, you know, I just thought it was, yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. And, um, you know, obviously the, the Buccaneers, you know, have had a lot of, you know, a lot of success. And I think, you know, Leonard Fournette has, has contributed to that. Yeah, a big and, part of that. And will continue to contribute to that with, with as many of the pieces that have, that have gone down for the Buccaneers. And, you know, if he can come back and be, you know, what he was prior to this, this injury, I think, you know, he's going to be a, a big key to, another Super Bowl run for, for Tampa Bay. Right. So right. Yeah, I, I do, I do think a lot of these guys are just splitting hairs though. I mean, they, they did a really good job picking these rosters. I, I think so too, for the most part, about. you know, even going through the defense, you know, the defenses that they picked, I, I agree with you, man. I think they, it's, it's pretty good, but you know, maybe just a couple here and there that could have been mm-hmm. uh, not really, I guess this could have been one exchange for the other. Not mm-hmm. that one is that much better, but right. you know, uh, equal equal parts, I guess. And, and I think a couple of guys got kind of the, the lifetime achievement nod over some of these younger guys who are putting up very similar stats that could have got the nod over them. Right, I right. Think you get that established kind of a familiar, familiar yeah. face. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, uh, one other thing out there on the NFC, I was glad to see uh, Kyle Pitts get in. You know, he's a kid that – Rookie. Rookie kid that we were all high on coming out, coming out of the draft and, you know, going to Atlanta or whatever. So that's pretty cool, I think, that – you know, uh, you know, a young kid get, getting that honor to make the Pro Bowl in his first year. And, you know, and, and again, somebody that this board, this panel here, you know, you know, thought a lot of that he was going to have the skill set to make it, you know, and perform well in the, in, yeah. in the big leagues. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a highlight there on kind of a, a dismal Falcons team, you yeah, know, absolutely. at least, you know, able to, to make something of a, of a kind of a lost season, I guess. So, well, let's uh, move over, over to the, the AFC. AFC then. Um, you know, I, I think for me, a big, a big surprise, um, you know, for me, you know, not, not a surprise that he made it into the list, but that that's Justin Herbert being named the starter in the AFC at, at the quarterback position over over Patrick Mahomes um, and, and Lamar Jackson, the third the third person in that in that spot. Well, Jackson's still injured, right? right? Yeah, and and it yeah, I mean Herbert, I, I think he deserves to be in that in that list. I just don't know that you know he's ready to take over the helm in the in the AFC because if you you know looked back at it, I mean the, the you know, the Chiefs just played um, the Chargers and, and Mahomes outdueled outdueled him in that game. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Chiefs are, are looking real red hot right now. Right. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, one of those things that maybe the, the panel or whoever was taking into consideration that Patrick Mahomes probably won't even be playing in this game because they more than likely will be, be you know, in the, the Super Bowl. in the Super Bowl. Making so, a run, yeah. So, you know, and the Chargers, maybe, maybe, probably not. You know, they're they're on the brink of not even making the, the playoffs. So, I, I get, wonder if consistency had a little bit to do with it, too, because right. Mahomes did start the season off slow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, – for the Chargers, there, Herbert's been a little a little more consistent throughout mm-hmm. the whole season. Yeah, it could could be could yeah. be definitely definitely be. I guess it uh, you know it's one of those things that yeah. What what do they you know do they take the full body of work right. or you know what do they you know recent stats or you know how how do they how do they kind of guide it there? But 
you know, kind of the, I guess the other surprise then for me was that there were on the AFC roster, there were seven Indianapolis Colts that were named to the, to the pro bowl roster yeah. there on, on, on the uh, AFC side. And, and then there's six know, teams that didn't even get a guy in. Right. And I think for me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the, you know, I think most of these guys on this Colts team were probably deserving of a pro right. bowl spot, but, but seven guys, I mean, the Colts aren't even the best team in the NFL and, and they got the most, you know, the most players, you know, from one team on a roster. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, they're having a, you know, a good year, but are they having that good of, of a yeah, year, right. you know? And yeah. so I think it was just, yeah, kind of a, kind of a surprise for me to see them get as many guys as, as they did, but you know, they're they're making a push here towards the end of the season, so uh, we'll see. You know how how it plays out, but uh, I don't know what you what you guys think. Yeah, I, mean, I, I had a couple of snubs here in the AFC, or that could have been considered anyway. Uh, you got I got Joe Burrow there, and then the same quarterback class we just talked about. You know, he's got better passing stats than Lamar Jackson has this year. I know Lamar's not just a passer; he does bring the running game with him as well. But mm-hmm. but you know, Burrow's also led his team to what looks like he's probably going to end up winning that division mm-hmm. over Lamar Jackson. So. Right. You know, I, I think he deserved a little more, a little more pub there. And, and I think, you know, going back to, you know, your comments about, you know, Stafford Murray, would, would Cincinnati really be where they are right. without Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, we they, saw last year, they yeah. were one of the worst teams in the league Right, absolutely. Him. So I think, I don't know. Yeah, they, they maybe played that on some guys, but right. didn't play that. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, maybe, yeah, a little bit inconsistent or, you know, I don't know what they use to kind of use as their ranking or metric or whatever. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. definitely if you're using that, Joe Burrow, yeah, Cincinnati goes as Joe Burrow goes, right. and, and he's been yeah, we saw easily the MVP of that team. Down. Yeah, you know, last year we saw how they struggled when he went down. So right, and you yeah. know, for for as good as Mahomes is, Burrow's actually got a better passer rating this season than even Patrick Mahomes. So right. I, I mean, that, those are you know predominant quarterback stats, and and he's he's up there with the right. best of the best, oh, and yeah. just and just torched the Ravens for five hundred oh, yards right. in the in this past set a record, game. Yeah, so five hundred and twenty five yards mm, so passing. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think I, I got a one, one up you there with, with a quarterback snub. And for me, it's, it's gotta be Josh Allen for, for the Buffalo bills. I mean, you talk about a guy that's been in the, you know, the MVP race and, you know, where would the bills be without, without him? But you know, it's one of those things. Yeah. He has more total yards, more total touchdowns, more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson. And we talk about, you know, Lamar being both, you know, runner and a, you know, and a passer, and he's only slightly behind him in rushing yards too. So it's like, you know, you put Lamar in there because he is kind of that dual threat guy. Well, Josh Allen is not only same. doing doing it from a passer standpoint, but he's one up in Lamar even in the rushing, you know, the rushing game too. So, you know, for me, I think that was a, a, a kind of a big a big snub from the from the QB side on the AFC. So oh. All good points. I guess I don't know if I would call this a snub or not, but I guess it's for me it's kind of sad to see. And I know he's been he's been hurt since week eight, but not seeing Derrick Henry and Aaron running backs. Mm-hmm. You know the guy does everything for for that team. Um, you know he he catches balls out of the backfield. He, he runs. He blocks. I mean he just and and I know you know you got to take into consideration obviously he's not putting up the stats because he hasn't been in there since week eight but just just to not see his name in there just just kind of makes me hurt for him but but I mean they did get you know obviously Taylor for the Colts is having a a great season and Chubb for the Browns Joe Mixon for the Bengals the running backs that are in there are all having great seasons just just kind of hurts my heart a little bit for for Derrick Henry because the guy gives 110 percent and you know not you know and if he's one that has those incentives in his contract you know then you know he's out because of that yeah I mean if you want to stick with the running back class there in AFC I think another guy who could legit be a snub here is Austin Eckler for the running back for the for the Chargers you know he, he has uh is more total yards and more total touchdowns than Mixon has. So, mm-hmm. and those are two huge stats. I, I, he he doesn't have the rushing yardage that Mixon has because he he plays big in the passing game as right, well. Right. But his total over overall yardage is is more than what Mixon has. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, he, he he deserved the look as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think just a couple more quick quick snubs I got. I think that's you know in the running back class I got I got Najee Harris from the from the Pittsburgh Steelers in there and. You know, you look at his stats, and he's just kind of a do-it-all kind of guy for you know out of the backfield. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, catching, running, you know, whatever you need, blocking. I mean, he does does a little bit of everything and does it all pretty pretty well. He was another one that you know that we said we thought his skill set was gonna 
transfer well to the big leagues mm-hmm. and they have I yeah mean, he's he's having a great great season <clears throat> yeah i think if, well. the, if that steelers offensive line was just a, a hair better than what right. they are i mean he he could be having a, a real phenomenal you know maybe a, a jonathan taylor type season you know this year but you know he like i said he's, he's kind of a do-it-all back but you know another another steeler that i'm you know kind of angry and i guess not angry but just surprised not not in there and that that's deontay johnson you know the wide receiver from pittsburgh and um he's got actually more catches than Stephon Diggs, who's in there for, for the AFC. And he has more receiving yards and more touchdowns than, than Keenan Allen and, you know, another wide receiver that made it. So, you know, another guy that's been pretty crucial to the, you know, to the Steelers success this year. And, you know, just a guy I thought, you know, might, might sneak in there, but uh, obviously the, the panel had, had different, you know, different way of going about it. So, you know, it's interesting. Some of these positions, the, the way they select, if you look at the, the free safety position, they only take one player from the entire league at free safety. Right. Yeah. It was it a little bit, make much sense a little bit me. shocked on yeah. that. I, I guess I didn't realize that maybe, I don't know if that's how they've always done. I guess I haven't really paid too much attention, but yeah, that was kind of surprising to see that they only pick, you know, one guy from a free safety. So it's like, yeah, if you're a free safety, I mean, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta set the world on right. fire to yeah, really you gotta get be the best of the best. Right. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, I think that's all we're going to go into on the pro bowl this year. We're going to move on to, uh, some interesting news coming out of the NBA. They're uh, considering, and I, evidently they've been considering it and talking about it for a couple of years now, but uh, like a mid-season tournament in the NBA that would, you know, start partway into the season and finish up around Christmas time. They're saying, um, I guess Silver got the idea from the, like soccer, like I guess the soccer league does, Yes. One of the soccer leagues, the European soccer, European soccer league yeah. does this. So um, I, don't, I, I couldn't find a lot of information about it, but there was some out there, you know, and they, um, they would cut the regular season from 82 games down to 78 games. So there are some teams that are concerned with the loss of revenue, you know, cause potentially that would be two home games, obviously that you would not have. So, um, you know, the loss of revenue for home games and then, uh, you know, just what we'll see. They said it could go into effect as early as like 2023. So yeah, next, next season or the, the following season yeah. after that. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, a little bit of inspiration, inspiration from the European soccer leagues who use kind of this similar format to kind of, you know, draw up some interest, you know, kind of mid season, but you know, another, another thing that they, you know, kind of drawing, you know, some uh, inspiration from, and that's, that's the G league. The G league is instituting kind of this mid season tournament this, this year. I'm not sure if it's taken place yet or not, but they, they have incorporated into their uh, kind of into their schedule or whatever. So, and, and typically, you know, you see it a lot, a lot, a lot of times in baseball or, you know, whatever, they kind of use the minor leagues as kind of a experiment, you Testing know, ground. you know, lab or whatever. So, you know, if it's successful, I guess in the, in the G league or, you know, they see some, some bright spots, then yeah, I think that's maybe what could be possibly drumming up a lot of this, you know, heated, you know, interest to try to get it instituted in the, in the NBA, but you know, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting, I guess, um, you know, kind of the format, I guess that they've kind of, you know, like I said, a lot of the details haven't been, haven't yeah. really been worked out or hashed out, but you know, just a few of the details that kind of have been, you know, kind of released are, you know, pool play, you know, would be a part of kind of the regular, regular season. So it'd be kind of broken up into like four different regions or, you know, four different pods with, with all these teams in it. And uh, they, you know, would play kind of a round robin type, you know, style or whatever. But it would count as your like regular season record. Right, right. And then, you know, the the teams that kind of win their pod or win their region or whatever, the four, you know, four best teams that win their region or whatever, make it into this, you know, single elimination tournament. And then the four next best teams with the best winning record making it regardless of which region they're in or, you know, whatever, make it in there. Yeah, that was slightly different. I, I had read that it would just be the, the pool play and then the top eight teams overall. Okay, yeah, I guess it's a little bit of what the G League, uh, I guess, is doing or what, how they're, you know, their format. So I'm just kind of using that as, right. you know, kind of the inspiration or, you know, whatever. For, yeah, I read the same thing you did. Right? Yeah, so. I, I saw some, you know, similar similar stuff. Uh, but then, yeah, those, those eight teams that are, you know, whoever it right. is, uh, then would play kind of a single elimination tournament to see you know who the champion is so, so i guess if you're these eight teams then you're going to end up playing more than the 78 regular right, season games right, absolutely yeah those those games wouldn't count towards your regular season right. record the way i understand it yeah obviously they couldn't 
they would play more games than everybody else. So, right. so I mean, I guess that's what three. If it's eight teams, so that's eight, four, two. So that's three, three more games you're going to play. That's three more potential for injury. Mm-hmm. You got more, just more but minutes it, on your still, body. But it'd still only be 81 games. Right. right. So I guess you're playing maybe one, one less one, game. One less game. Yeah, if you make it to the championship or whatever. So. I mean, I, I guess the, the idea of it kind of interests me. You know, I, the single elimination thing's kind of cool. You know, we all – get hyped up for March Madness because yeah. it's, you know, win or go home. So, right. you know, that part of it I think is kind of cool because, you know, these series, these seven-game series just seem like they can drag on forever. After yeah. after a nine-month season and you got all these seven-game series when you get to the NBA playoffs. Right. That To me, it kind of drags a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. They talk about maybe for the every player on the winning team getting a million bucks. Right. So, you know, I guess, uh, I mean, they got to make, they got to give some kind of financial incentive. They got to give some kind of incentive for the players. And they have already talked about it, you know, with, with the players union. So, you know, it's not something that they're going to spring on them and say, Oh, this is what we're doing. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess though, myself as a fan, I, I don't see the point. Yeah. I mean, so what my team won the, the, the mid season tournament, it, right. it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. You right. want the championship at the end. Right. I think it, it just doesn't do much for I think for me part of it's viewership because, yeah. you know, fans kind of look at the NBA. Yeah, like, I, seems I don't like, have to start watching till April. Yeah, or, you know, I don't and, have to and watch till you know, March kind of the, or whatever. Some of the teams don't start playing till late in the season. But, right. but, but would this change your opinion about, because what's it really matter? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a mid season. Right. I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I just think, yeah, it's, it's interesting. They just keep making like smaller tournaments inside smaller tournaments, because right. if you think about it, you know, they now have instituted this new like play in tournament thing. For the last two so, teams, you know, you yeah. got a, another kind but, of but end of the season. Means something. It gets you into right. the, right. right. the play. Right. So, yeah. This, so maybe if this got you an automatic bid at the end, maybe, or yeah, something, that's it, a possibility. You know, then, yeah. then it means something. Right. Right. For, for it just to be a tournament that's meaningless, doesn't make What do you think it has anything to do with, um, and I'll, maybe you guys didn't even think about this, but the the popularity of the tournament. Yeah, I right. mean the, the TBT. I yeah, mean the TBT. You I mean, know. yeah, I think uh, you know definitely. I just think yeah, I think it's for maybe not your. I think it's for just a casual kind of NBA person just to try to drum up some interest to get them mid-season. You'll, you'll definitely get some exciting matchups out of it because right. it's going to be those top eight record teams that right. are going at it. Yes, so you know it's, it's it one of those things. Yeah, you won't have you know. The east side, the west, I mean, you got just the eight best teams of, you know, it could be east versus west. I mean, you could have a lot of right. teams that maybe we wouldn't see in the playoffs, right. um, you know, match up in kind of a one game or go home, you know, style format. Right. So it, it could be yeah. you know, everything. Everything is a game seven. So definitely, you know, be, yeah. be and, and from what I read, it should culminate around Christmas time, which could yeah. alleviate some of the what turned out to be some stinkers this year for the Christmas. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, it could alleviate that because you're going to have the top eight teams playing there you know, toward the holiday season. And that, so, um, you know, and if to me, they would do the, the championship game on Christmas day, yeah, you yeah, know, or, yeah. or thereabouts. So right. Yeah. Right. 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 Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick pause here for a commercial break and uh, we'll be back with you live in, in just a minute or so. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host fired up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. We're back live in the studio. Thanks for stay, you know, staying tuned in here. Um, we're going to move on to uh, five games, uh, New Year's Day games. Um, we're going to start out with the Outback Bowl, Penn State versus Arkansas. Penn State coming in at seven and five, and Arkansas coming in at eight and four and a two-point favorite. You know, Penn State kind of limped their way through the end of the season, didn't play good down the stretch, it t- didn't seem like so uh, – Give me your rundown on this game, Matt. Yeah, I'm, like you were just saying, Penn State kind of limped their way towards the end of the season. 
Arkansas didn't do much towards the end of the season either, though. No. They started out the season red hot. Mm-hmm. But I think ultimately when it comes to this game, Arkansas has got more offense than Penn State does. Mm-hmm. They both have fairly comparable defenses. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Arkansas's offense will be enough to overcome Penn State in this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I think, uh, you know, like Dad said, this is it's the Outback Bowl. Uh, they're playing in, in Tampa, Tampa, Florida, um, Raymond James Stadium, where the Buccaneers play at. So, you know, big, big stage or whatever. But, you know, for me, I think the big difference in this one is, is Penn State's going to be down several of their key guys and not just on defense, but also on offense. Uh, you know, uh, not only their defensive coordinator is, is leaving to take a different job, um, but linebacker Brandon Smith, linebacker Ellis Brooks and safety Jaquan Brisker not playing, but also they're probably their best player on, on offense and Jahan Dotson um, not going to play either. All of those guys, you know, choosing to opt out and, and prepare themselves for, for the NFL draft. And, you know, Arkansas is down their their top wide receiver as well. But I just think too many guys on, on both sides of the ball down, you know, down for Penn State. I just don't know where the offense is going to come. And, you know, Arkansas still has a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I, I like Arkansas to get the win here. Yeah, I, I got I got to – we'll make it at three for three. I got to give Arkansas the nod here. I just don't think Penn State's offense, you know, it's been, they've had inconsistent quarterback play all year. And, and uh, you know, missing some weapons, I think. So, yeah, I'm going to have to give the nod to Arkansas as well. Yeah. All right. Um, then we got the Fiesta Bowl. This To me, this should be a pretty interesting matchup. Um, I think you're going to see uh, maybe what Notre Dame's made of. Number five, Notre Dame coming in at 11-1 and one against number nine, Oklahoma State at 11-2. and two. Vegas has uh, got Notre Dame favored by two and a half points coming into this game. But, you know, I, I, I got to – I like Oklahoma State in this. I don't think Notre Dame has been tested against good teams. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they beat the teams obviously they were supposed to um, all season long. Obviously, they had a good season, eleven one. I'm not taking anything away from them, but but who did they really beat? And that, and that one loss coming against you know Cincinnati, who's in the you know the college football playoffs. So they're right. you know kind of one true opponent. You know they were playing at home and, and you know kind of lost and right. got beat by by Cincinnati and obviously you know not take away from Cincinnati they're they're a good team as well but yeah I just think Notre Dame has not been tested their schedule is is not you know not not the same um, you know but Oklahoma State I wouldn't say the Big Twelve is you know a power you know conference but I just think that they have been tested they you're you seeing know, more solid teams weekend yeah you know, they, they beat ranked teams they right. beat Baylor they beat Oklahoma they beat Kansas State they beat Texas who were all ranked at the time they played them right where Notre Dame didn't play another single ranked opponent mm-hmm. all season long yeah, yeah absolutely so you know like Dad said this is the the Fiesta Bowl it's going to be out in out in Arizona they're going to be playing in the the Cardinal Stadium and yeah surprisingly Notre Dame's got the you know the two and a half point favorites here and, uh, and but I, Notre Dame's also without their starting running back their starting safety and their head coach yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so lot, we get right? to see the new era of you know Marcus Freeman you know his debut uh, you know with Notre Dame you know with prior prior to this was the you know the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame and was named you know the head coach after Brian Kelly left so we get to see what the new era is kind of you know going to bring in or you know right. kind of ring in the new year I guess with with this new new coach but I just think Oklahoma State's defense is just you know they're they're nasty. I mean they got five different guys that have had ten tackles or more for, you know for loss this mm-hmm. season. So they got you know a lot of a lot of guys that just swarmed the ball uh, on that side and they're they're giving up a staggering twenty six percent on third down. They're only giving up tw- almost, you know a quarter of the time they're only giving it up on, on third down and I just don't think that uh, you know Notre Dame's going to have enough you know playmakers on that side of the ball. The, to keep. Uh, the, you got to remember though, there is that big question mark on their defense. Of their defense coordinator is now out the door. He signed with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He won't be coaching in this game. Right. So you know, are they going to be as right? That that comes down to was it the coach or was it the scheme? Right. You know, is it the scheme, the players? You know, whatever. Yeah. And I guess you'll find that out are pretty gonna, quickly. Yeah, you got to wonder if they're going to be as aggressive as they were under Knowles or oh, you know, right, or right. It, you know, and like who, who steps different. up in that yeah. and it takes that you know into that new role and things like that but you know another interesting statistic guys is Notre Dame in, in primetime games oh and seven hey wow. eh? oh and four in BCS bowl games that was from 1998 to 2013 so far in New Year's Day six bowl games you know which is you know what they're playing in oh and three have not yeah. won a, a big primetime bowl game right. you know in, in, in almost two decades so it's uh yeah definitely hasn't been you know great for Notre Dame when it comes to primetime games and that's why I'm also taking, you know, Oklahoma State to, to win this game. <clears throat> All right. Next on the slate, uh, Colton, will let you get us started with the uh, 
a Citrus Bowl, number 15, Iowa coming in at 10 and 3 against number 22, Kentucky at 9 and 3. And I was a little surprised they got Kentucky as a three-point favorite in this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that number probably needs to be a little bit a little bit higher. I think. I mean, really? I I don't think you know Iowa. You know, they, they, like we said, this is the Citrus Bowl. They're going to be playing in in Orlando. Um, but yeah, I think that number needs to be a little bit higher. I mean, you saw it in that Big Ten championship game. Obviously, Iowa, uh, Iowa you know doesn't they, they doesn't have the offense. They don't they don't have the offense to generate. But, but this game, I don't think they're going to need a ton of offense. I mean, Kentucky's offense isn't a juggernaut themselves. They, so they come in averaging almost thirty three points a game. I mean, that's that's slightly more than 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 Iowa. I mean, I I, I don't I don't think that that. Kentucky's going to go out there and win by 50. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, I just think, you know, Iowa struggles to move the ball. And, and at the same time, they, they, they're they one of those teams that they're going to run it down your throat, whether it's working or not. But the problem is they're going to be without their top running back. Their top running back will not play in this game. Oh, Tyler, right. Tyler Goodson. Not playing in this game, he's choosing to you know opt out to go. I guess I hadn't read that. go that, go to the NFL. So, I don't know. I still think Iowa's smarting from that loss against Michigan and the big the poor showing they had in that Big Ten championship. Their, game. their defense has a ton of pride. I yeah, don't and know. I think they're gonna you know try to go out and save their season. Um, they'll go out you know I think fired up in this game. So I, I I'm going with Iowa in this game against the spread. And yeah. I mean yeah you did, you did say Kentucky has scored quite a bit this year, but when they've played a great defense like you, you look at them when they played Georgia, mm-hmm. would they put up 12 points that game? Yeah, I mean not many. When when you play a better defense. They, they've they have struggled. Right. Iowa, Iowa does have a as bad as they looked in that Michigan game. They do still have one of the premier defenses in all of college football. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the crazy stat about you know Iowa's defense. They only gave up thirty points, more more than thirty points in one game this year, and that was in the, the in the mid the Big Ten championship game against Michigan. So yeah. you know, they they obviously you know can can keep it close or you know could keep their offense you know in it, but can their offense take advantage of that and actually put points up on the board will be you know the deciding factor i think in this one yeah i agree all right well let's let's go to the sugar bowl now number seven baylor coming in at 11-2 against number eight old miss at 10 and two this is almost an even pick you got old miss uh only favored by a point and a half um matt what do you think about this game you know this game really excites me because Neither team really has any players that have really opted, no big players that have opted out to go to the NFL draft and mm-hmm. said, you know what, this is a stupid bowl game. I don't care. I'm not playing. Right. They're, they're all showing up. They're excited about this. Mm-hmm. They want to play this game. And I, I think that's awesome. It's refreshing. I, I, I hate to see all these guys opting out for these bowl games. I, I understand they don't want to get hurt and they've got right. a lot of money on the table, but they've also made a commitment to these teams. And I feel like these players need to live that those commitments out, but yeah, that's neither here nor there for this game. You know, so go, going into this game though, this is going to be a battle of offense versus defense. You've got the old Miss offense, who's who's played really well this year, and Baylor's defense, who's played really well this year. Baylor's defense though relies heavily on the turnover, mm-hmm. and Old Miss doesn't turn the ball over. Okay, so so I, th- I think the big thing here is going to be Matt Cor- Coral coming back to play his mm-hmm. his final game for for the Old Miss Rebels, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I think he'll play a mistake free, and I, I think he'll do enough to lead them to victory. Yeah, absolutely. I gotta gotta agree with you. I think Old Miss Miss gets it done here. They, you know, you talk about that offense. They're they're averaging over 500 yards a game. You know, total yards per game, and that has a lot to do with uh, you know Matt Corral there at, at QB and. You know, you talk about the big stage. I mean, this is kind of his final audition before he goes, you know, gets ready to prepare for that NFL draft. So this is, you know, there's going to be tons of NFL scouts. There's going to be a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of spotlight on him. But, you know, in the spotlight, he, he's been he's been great, you know, this year. And, and you know, he's leading that, that old Miss offense that's been, you know, prolific uh, on that side of the ball. Um, and, and in his last four games, he's completed almost 72% of his passes. Ooh. I mean, so Baylor struggled, you know, they, as good as that defense has been in games where, where they kind of struggled were, were against teams that, you know, could sling the pigskin around. And I think, you know, that that's definitely what, you know, Old Miss likes to do. They, they, they have a, have a running game, but they, they want to go out there and they want to, you know, get it to their playmakers and, and get, get them in space. So I like Old Miss to, to win this game. And, you know that that point and a half. I, I think they they get cover cover that point and a half. <clears throat> I gotta agree with you guys too. I, I give Ole Miss a nod. I think, like you said, Matt Corral is gonna come out and uh, he's gonna light this thing up because this is his last, you know, <clears throat> audition before the the big leagues come calling and and I think he's gonna go out and make make the most of it against that Baylor defense. So mm-hmm. I gotta. All right, Rose Bowl. 
Utah, number 11, 10 and three versus Ohio State Buckeyes coming in at 10 and two and ranked number six in the country. Um, they got OSU favored by four and a half points, the biggest spread of any of these games we've talked about so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I mean, and I think probably that that spread's changed. Been a lot of players from Ohio State that's announcing that they're going to, you know, not play because they're going, you know, want to stay healthy for the NFL draft. So I think that's why that spread's a little closer maybe than what a lot of people thought. Matt, give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, like I said, uh, Ohio State has had a lot of guys opt out here. You got uh, the all-time leading touchdown receiver for Ohio State, Chris Olave, who's opted out. Uh, the leading receiver uh, in touchdowns this year for Ohio State and Wilson opting out. Uh, their offensive tackle, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, has opted out. And their starting defensive tackle, um, Haskell Garrett, opted out. I mean, these are all big losses big for games. the Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, but you know, the one spot the Buckeyes could stand to lose a lot of guys and still do really well was <laughs> that wide receiver yeah, spot. Absolutely. So I, I do think we're going to get a chance to see some of these young wide receivers, such as Julian Fleming, Emeka Ukbuka, and Marvin Harrison Jr., get a chance to really step up in this Rose Bowl and, and play a big part in this game. Right. So I, I don't think their offense is going to miss a beat. Mm-hmm. The, the biggest question I have here is, Will the Buckeyes be able to stop the run game of Utah? Right. Because we we all saw what Michigan did to the Buckeyes. They just ran it right down their throats. Oregon did it to the Buckeyes earlier this season as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if the Buckeyes can't shore up that defensive line and, and slow this run game down, it, it can be anybody's game. Yeah. I, I do think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I'm okay. not sure who's going to take it, but yeah. I, it's it, – it's going to be a close one. It's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, you talk about all those, you know, those guys leaving, you know, from, from Ohio state leaving early and, and, you know, getting ready for the NFL draft. But yeah, I think if they could lose any guys from, from that wide receiver group, obviously, you know, it, it's going to hurt, it's going to show up. But I, I think, you know, you talked about some of those other wide receivers that, that have stepped up and have played some minutes in, in mm-hmm. games and things like that. It's not like they're coming in, you know, completely cold, completely fresh. I mean, Obviously, they don't have the numbers or they don't have the, the near the experience that, that those, you know, that Olave and, and Garrett Wilson have. But, you know, you can't forget about, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who, you know, who was probably, back, right? you know, the three headed monster there was, you know, yeah. one was one of the better you know players there. He, he led the team in receiving. Right, year. right. And then you can't forget about their star running back themselves and, and right. Travion Henderson. I mean, he, he he led the team there in rushing and, you know, was a stud for him in the, in the backfield. So and their, their Heisman contending quarterback. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you got a true freshman and, and CJ Stroud that came in and, you know, lit the world on fire. And um, I, I just think, yeah, they. They they have still have plenty of weapons on that on that side of the ball, but yeah, I think the big thing for me is going to be yeah, can can they get the stops on on the defensive side when it comes to the run game? And I I think I think if 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 they can if they can get a couple of stops early on that Ohio State offense gets a couple of scores, this Utah team is not built to come back right. from from being down a, a couple of touchdowns. They like the ground and pound. They like the you know wear the team out and, and just kind of coast to to the finish line. And you know not a team that's going to score a ton of points to, to beat you, but going to do enough, you know, on the defense and the offensive side. But I just think for me, high state's got just a little bit more offense than, than what they've seen in, in the pac 12. They, they get a few more scores, get a couple of stops and, and, and just put the game away. I, I like the Buckeyes to win this one. I got to agree. I think you'll, you know, the receiver core obviously is, you know, star studded in Columbus, Ohio. Um, but the, uh, I think you're going to, the, I think where it's going to show up is, you know, the deep, the defense, um, and I agree if they, if they can get some stops and get up on this team early, it's, it's going to show at the end of the game too. And you're not going to wear an Ohio state team out. I don't think I don't mm-hmm. plenty, know. always plenty of bodies to throw right, in there. Right. <clears throat> so I got to give the, I got to give the nod to Ohio state as well. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, move over then to the big, uh, the big games, then the big college football semifinal matchups happening on uh, new year's Eve day. So, you know, a little bit of, celebration or you know a little bit of football action to get you prepared for that that ball drop at, at midnight to you know kind of ring in the new year so we'll start with the with the first one the first of the slate there and number four Cincinnati 13 and 0 coming in against number one Alabama at 12 12 and 1 um, you know that game's going to be 3 uh, 30 p.m. on on ESPN and the, co- and, the Cotton Bowl in, in the Cotton Bowl out in out in Jerry's world in, in Arlington Texas and Currently, Alabama's favored by 13 and a half. So, Dad, what, what, do you, what do you think? Well, I think, you know, I think Alabama is the team that everybody 
you know, thinks is going to win this, this national championship again this year, but you know, I'm not convinced. Um, they, they've shown some cracks in the armor. I think at times this year, I think the big thing in this game, um, you know, Cincinnati's putting up 180 yards a game and rushing and, um, Bama's defense has only given up 83 yards a game. So mm-hmm. I think if Cincinnati can get that, get that run game established, you know, and have a, a decent, decent, um, um, they running the ball. I think Cincinnati's got a real shot at this. Um, you know, obviously Alabama's a powerhouse, and I still think, I still think I got to give Alabama the nod. But I'm not. I, I think Cincinnati may have a shot to keep this thing close. But I think Alabama wins in the end. Yeah, yeah. Me looking at this, I think this is a true David versus Goliath matchup, and Alabama's better in every statistical category after playing better opponents all season long Mm -hmm. as much as i'd love to see cincinnati be able to do something and win this game i just i don't see any matchup they can really exploit in this contest Mm -hmm. the only chance cincinnati has to even make this a football game is getting a few turnovers and and being able to do something with that but Mm -hmm. if they can't get any turnovers i see this worse being worse than even the spreads dictating right now all right yeah well i think for me, just a couple of couple of keys, and that that's you know we, we talk about the two the two quarterbacks for for the respective teams, and you got you know Bryce Young who he wants to sit back there in the pocket and just sling it you know to all of his his playmakers. He's not much of a runner, doesn't you know he can run, but doesn't doesn't really like to. Um, and then you know on the flip side, you got Desmond Ritter there for for Cincinnati who you know has runs you know for over thirty yards in six different games. He has a run over 40 yards in five different games, and he has one game where he ran for over 60 yards in a, in a game. So, you know, he's a little bit of a more of a dual threat kind of guy. And, you know, he's even scored 16 rushing touchdowns and had over 100 carries on the on the season. So I think they'll know. need all I think they'll need all of that. Yeah. And, and if you look at it, that that has somewhat been kind of, uh, you know, Alabama's defense kind of Achilles heel is, is a quarterback that that's a little bit mobile. Um, you know, if, if you look at it, you know, in years past that that Alabama defense has has had some some problems stopping kind of a, a mobile mobile QB. So that might be something that maybe Cincinnati can exploit. But, you know, it, it's going to be one of those things at the same time. You can't just always rely on that on that, you know, QB run or whatever. You know, I think Ritter's definitely going to have to show him, you know, show his arm and, and get it out to to his playmakers. But, you know, I think another, you know, another matchup or, you know, whatever to watch is two, you know, Cincinnati's corners versus the, you know, stud Alabama wide receiver in uh, Jamison Williams. Um, you know, Cincinnati's got two two probably corners that'll be playing on, you know, two elite corners are probably going to get drafted in the first round and, and be playing on Sunday um, in, in Ahmad Gardner and, and Kobe Bryant, um, ironically. But, uh, you know, Alabama wide receiver, you know, Jamison Williams comes into the game averaging 21 yards per catch um, and then, you know, 15 touchdowns and almost 70 catches. And, and on the flip side there, you know, you got uh, Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, has not allowed a touchdown in his career, not oh, a single touchdown wow. in his in his That's career. That's and then you know, on top of that, has not allowed a catch in the red zone. So you know, they get down there hasn't you know hasn't given up a touchdown, but then doesn't give up a catch when they're in that when they're in that red zone. And you know, he's only in, in his you know this season, he's only allowing a twenty six percent completion rate. When he's you know the closest defender, to the wide receiver, you know twenty six percent. He's you know completion. So. He, he's a lockdown corner for sure, and he's definitely going to have his hands full with, with, with Jamison Williams, kind of the deep ball threat for, for Alabama. So going to be chasing him around. And, you know, obviously Alabama's down one of their star receivers in, in John Mechie, who's Mechie. Out, out with a torn ACL. So, you know, it's going to be going to be interesting to see how, how this game game plays out. I, I think Alabama gets it gets it done, win, wins this game. I don't know that they they cover that cover that spread. I think Cincinnati keeps it keeps it close for a while, but just Alabama a little bit too too much on the on the offensive side. They 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 score a few more points than than Cincinnati does. <clears throat> All right. Well, in the second game on the slate, New Year's Eve is the Orange Bowl. It's seven thirty on ESPN. You got Michigan going up against Georgia in the Orange Bowl. Um, Georgia favored by seven and a half points, and I think that's pretty much been the spread since these two teams were announced. Um, again, I think this is going to come down to whether or not Michigan can run the ball against mm-hmm. this Georgia defense. They're, Michigan's averaging 224 yards uh, a game on the ground. Georgia's only given up 82 yards a game on the ground. So um, that's going to be 
the test of the offense, you know, that in the trenches, that's going to be in the trenches if they can get some holes opened up. Um, couple, couple notes. Blake Corum says he's a hundred percent healthy now. Um, he had, he wasn't against Ohio state, you know, he, you know, limited snaps, didn't see a lot of action in the big 10 championship, but he said he's a hundred percent ready to go. And I think the big news is, uh, Daxton Hill, you know, the Michigan safety, um, best probably the best db on the on the on the field for michigan didn't make the trip to miami possibly in the COVID protocols um haven't confirmed that but that that seems to be the consensus of the rumors coming out of that that came from the detroit free press yeah i think the latest is that he is going to play that they think that because of all the new COVID protocols that have changed and you know whatever they they still believe that he will be you know healthy enough and he'll be able to fly down you know probably won't be able to practice, you know, with the team or, you know, whatever this team, you know, now, but we'll be able to fly down, you know, soon to be able to play, play in the game or, you know, whatever. Um, I, I don't know because he may be, you know, tested positive, but maybe asymptomatic, you know, what, whatever. So the quarantine, it's only five days. Right. So. You know, whatever. So he, he you know, it, the late, the last, you know, that I saw is that they, they think that he is going to be able to, to play. So that'll be huge. That'll be big for, be for, big. for the Michigan, you know, defensive side of the ball. So, <clears throat> uh, Matt, give me your thoughts on this game. Yeah, looking at, look at this game, this looks like it's going to be a true defensive battle. I mean, Georgia's only given up nine and a half points a game. That's after giving up 41 in the SEC championship to mm-hmm. Alabama. That That's an impressive number, nine and a half a game, which would be much less had they not given up that many mm-hmm. in the SEC championship. But then you got Michigan's defense. They're only giving up 16 a game. Right. So, this, I mean, this could be a super low-scoring yeah, right. game. <clears throat> but uh, I, I think Georgia's going to come into this game with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. After that poor performance in the SEC championship, that, that defense is going to have a lot of pride to, to get back in this game. And I, I think that chip's going to help them in the in this contest. Where Michigan's going to come in. They're riding high. They beat the Buckeyes. They won the Big Ten championship. I'm not saying they're happy or complacent, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think they're going to have quite that chip that Georgia's going to have. I think yeah. that little bit of added motivation of getting their butts kicked in that SEC championship. Yeah, game, hopefully, like you said, Michigan comes be. in uh, with you with the realization we still got work to do. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like you said, it, it's going to be you know a battle battle in the trenches. Um, you know, we we obviously know what that Georgia front seven looks like and. You know, we know what Michigan wants to do when they have the ball. I mean, they want to run it down your throats. They want to get that run game going and then, you know, mix in some passes here and there to kind of open that defense up. The, the thing that kind of scares me, you know, for, for for Michigan when it comes to the offensive side of the ball is if you go back to that SEC championship game, that, that you know, what was able to kind of beat that tough Georgia defense and that was, you know, plays down down the field, you know, deep balls down down the field and kind of, plays over over the middle down you know down the field and for me Michigan just doesn't have that that deep ball threat they don't have that guy that just uh, you know you're telling him run a streak just run as fast as you can I'm gonna throw the ball I'm gonna get it where they they just don't have that so right. it's definitely gonna be you know well, that, uh, something that they're gonna have to figure out and, and McNamara doesn't have a big arm right they're gonna now, have to throw into if they some, bring McCarthy in he's got a big arm right they're they're gonna have to maybe throw into some tight windows you know and, and obviously that Georgia defense thrives on on turnovers and, and sets their offense up for you know opportunity to score score on the offensive side of the ball but you know I I think, yeah, definitely in the trenches because, you know, not only that that stout Georgia defensive line, but Michigan's offensive line, um, I don't know if you guys know this, but they allowed the fewest tackles for loss in the entire, you know, NCAA and only gave up the third fewest sacks in the in the entire NCAA. So that's, that's going to be huge. They, they, they're able to, you know, not only open up holes for that running game, but then, you know, also, you know, when, when they do pass, they're, they're not giving up a ton of, you know, big losses and things like that. So for me, this game is going to be super close. It's going to yeah. be super low scoring. Both of these teams, you know, are, it's not like George's offense has been a juggernaut. This right, year. they're not putting no. up a ton of points themselves. Right, right. It's been I, that defense all year. Yeah, and, and for me, yeah, Georgia's offense—they don't, you know, they they like to run. They're kind of a balanced attack as well. They they like to run the ball a little bit. Got a couple of running backs to to use there, and you know, a handful of you know receivers to use as well. But I, I think these two teams are very very similar mm-hmm. at, at the style of play that they want to, you know. They want to play, and and so that's why I think it's going to be a very very close game. You know, I I, I can't go against I can't go against my team. I I like Michigan to win to win this game in a very very tight one. <clears throat> you know, we've said before in this panel we talked about over the last couple of years with Michigan. Um, 
they have trouble with the mobile quarterback and Stetson is a mobile quarterback. He, he can scramble. He keeps plays alive. You know, he's rushed for 251 yards this year. 141 of them have been on like broken plays, like a scramble. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's going to have to be something that they, that Michigan's defense keeps an eye on keeping him in the pocket, um, not letting him get outside the pocket and run for a, you know, for a first down on third and, you know, third and long or something, got to get your defense off the field. Mm -hmm. And then another, uh, um, George is getting their star wide receiver back. George Pickens, he's healthy. Um, got hurt earlier in the season, finally coming back and going to play in this game and says he's a hundred percent. So, so we'll see, we'll see Um, what happens. Going to be, going to be very, I don't know. I, I'm, I gotta, I gotta go. I'd like to go and say, I I'm convinced that Michigan's going to win this game. I'm not sure of that, but I am going to pick the maize and blue to win this game in a tight one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, we'll see, you know, those, those games are, you know, on Friday night. And then, you know, the other games we talked about were, are then on, on Saturday to ring in the ring in the new year. So plenty of, plenty of football, you know, not only from the college ranks, but also NFL this weekend too. You know, we got in the, only a handful of handful of weekends. You Sad know. news just came across the wire. Uh, former Raiders coach John Madden's passed away at the age of eighty-five. Mm-hmm. He is a Raiders all-time leading. You know, leads the Raiders in wins as a coach, and uh, you know he's been a mate was a mainstay on uh, you know in the broadcast booth as well. And they still you know honor players on on Thanksgiving Day with the Madden awards and stuff. And you know, obviously, he's got his name on the on the video games or whatever. So, you know, big loss, I think, to the football world. Yeah, absolutely. You know, heart, hearts go out to, to the family and, and things like that. And, yeah, just a, a guy that's been a staple in the in the NFL for, you know, many, many decades. And just, you know, I, I remember beginning to watch the NFL, you know, NFL football and seeing him up there, you know, with Pat Summerall in the, in the booth and just oh, yeah, that, like, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that 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 iconic voice, you know, yeah. that that he had, you know, you you knew who it was every time, you know, even if you weren't watching it, if you were listening to it on the radio, I mean, yeah. you knew you knew who Pat, you know, yeah. John Madden was. So yeah, yeah definitely, uh, you know, was passionate about the game and uh, you know, a big loss, like Colton said, for in in the football world. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's all we got then for for tonight, guys. Um, we're we're gonna come back to you live again next week on on Wednesday. Um normal time 7 15 p.m so you know we appreciate you appreciate you listening to fired up with your hosts colton cow chief rob cow matt cordis uh we hope you enjoyed our episode this this week and you know if you want to hear you know other topics for future episodes or you know you got a burning sports question that you want to hear us uh, debate it out here on the on the show we we'd love to hear from you appreciate you guys listening but uh, you can find us over on our instagram our handle is fired up underscore podcast or you can find us on Facebook if you search for Fired Up, comma, Sports Podcast. And, you know, hit us up on those social medias. You know, let us know what you think about the show. Or, you know, you want us to hear us talk about something, you know, go ahead and reach reach out to us, you know. Or at the same time, we also have a website. And you can head over to that at uh, www.firedup1.podbean.com to check out, you know, all of our past episodes and, you know, find a little bit of information about, you know, about the show and, you know, you can find our show on pretty much any podcast platform that you listen to Apple, Google, Pandora, Spotify. So anywhere where they, you know, host podcasts, you know, our show is pretty much listed on there. So, you know, appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.